You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple. Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow. Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, you know. Crazy week. Yeah, but it's all good. We're here. And um, we haven't said this for a few episodes, right? Right. I know what you're going to say. So can I say it now? (laughs) Go ahead. Because you said I said it too much. You say it all the time. We have great guests. We have great guests. (laughs) Right? We have some great guests. Who do we have? Today we have Jimmy and Rachel Rogers of Relationship Real Talk. Man, it's so great to have you guys. And we I'm appreciate so excited it. About this. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank us. you for we having us. It. We've been trying to get we've been trying to get together with these folks, I man. Know. So this is good. We're yeah, we're we're excited. we're excited. We're excited. Thank you so much for um choosing to spend some time with us and just we're talking to us about relationships. It's trade secrets. So the whole the whole premise of the show. You know, um, as it says in in the intro, the whole premise of the show is that if you worked for a specific company, let's say you work for a specific staffing company, Mm -hmm. I worked for a competitor staffing company, we couldn't get together over lunch and share trade secrets or industry secrets, policies and procedures, that kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm. it's illegal to do that, right? Exactly. But in in relationships, in marriage, we believe that that exact opposite Opposite. should be the case. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I have to share with you the stuff that I tripped up on. I have Mm -hmm. to share with you the things that went well for me. And you have to do the same with me so that our relationships can grow. Exactly. So that's the whole premise of the show. So love it. we just want to jump into it. We love a great story. So we're just going to ask a very simple question that'll start us out. How did you meet? <laughs> you go ahead, yeah, sweetheart. So <laughs> story? <laughs> We've told this story a few times. And for the most part, it's the same, but there are a few details. So he might jump in at any minute. But, um, you know, this is not our first marriage. And so um, we actually first met just as acquaintances at church. And he was married at the time. Um but um, he had tragedy that took place. Um, and I'm sure he'll talk about that a little bit more. And so um, we were praying as a church for um, his then wife uh, because she had had some complications as she uh, was giving birth to our now son. And so um, pretty much high and by, you know, kind of situation. And then unfortunately she passed away. And I would say um, almost two years later, I moved to Atlanta. But before I moved to Atlanta, he started what I call stalking me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he started asking people about me and wondering, you know, what I was all about. And, you know, he didn't see me with a, a guy. So asking if she has a boyfriend. And I, I like the way you tell that. Tell that. Like, what did you say? You said who? Who is she dating? Right. I wanted to know, of course, if you were dating. And I, I, the mutual friends that we had, they were 
actually they they didn't know the they, few of them didn't know the ones that were not in the inner in circle. The, right the ones that weren't in the inner circle didn't know so he approached me right uh one day and after church to ask me if i was dating someone and i told him yes and so um he didn't believe me well he thought I was just trying to give him the cold shoulder. Yes, I did. I did. Until the person came to church. And once he came to church, that's when he started doing more digging. So, so was, let, go ahead. Go let, ahead. Let I already me, know you want to jump Let me paint this right picture ahead. correctly. Right <laughs> correctly? It was, it and was, paint yeah, it right. Yeah, paint it right. It was just ironic that after I asked her out, the next time I saw her, because I was in Huntsville and she was, in, she had moved to Atlanta. This is be- just before I moved to Atlanta. This was okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I asked her if she was dating. She said, yes, I really felt like she was giving me the cold shoulder. And then the next time she shows up to church, it's with this guy. And I'm like. And that was already planned. That had nothing to do with him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I had not given it a second thought. <laughs> and so the person had locked. So he, he said to them, go and tell him what you said. I said, oh, so dreadlocks is her boyfriend. Yeah. You know? Because she had locked at the time, too. Yeah, so, so they I, confirmed. I and so fast forward to another time after church, he walks up to me and says, so how long have you and Dreadlock been together? <laughs> I said, um, four years. It was a long distance relationship. I had been divorced. I didn't really want somebody like in my space like that. And he said, oh, four years. He's not serious. I'll be your husband. No, I said, you'll be my wife. You'll be my wife. And wow. He walks away. Wow. And at that time, I was like, wow, he's kind of cocky, kind of arrogant. <laughs> How are you just going to drop that? So I went and go told my girlfriends what he just said. I'm like, can you believe what Jimmy just said to me? And I told them, well, we just kikied about it. Life went on. I moved. Uh, wait, wait. Let's, let's fast forward. Man. Sometimes you have to start at the beginning and go to the end. So what's your last name now? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oliver, Re- really, that's Oliver. all that matters. That's all that matters. We don't even have to go any further. But, but, but long and short, um, <laughs> he, um, well, he started communicating, stalking uh, me on Facebook and asking me how was the move, how were the girls, and just always um, interested in my adjustment to a new city, a new state. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, he still thought I was with this person. I came back to visit Huntsville and he saw me again with my girlfriends. And um, what I didn't know was they were asking him to ask me for my number. And I remember it was around NBA finals time in June. Mm-hmm. So it had been like almost a year since I've moved. And what he didn't know at that time was I had broken up with the guy because I had moved to a new place. We didn't move to where each other was. So we knew we had to amicably separate. Mm-hmm. And so he um, took their advice and he asked if we wanted to watch the NBA finals together. And, you know, I was making sure this was not a date. We <laughs> just going to watch the game as Miami was playing. I'm from Miami. And so we had a good time. I mean, I, it, people always talk about butterflies. And did you feel it wasn't butterflies? It really was a thing of, well, I felt like God was like, stay here. Mm. Like it was a very clear um, conscious, like, um, presence that I felt of you, you may not be like, Ooh, I'm just falling all over him. But it was like, I want you to know that you need to stay right here and see what's, what's going to happen next. Who, who said stay here? 
God told me to stay here. Say it one more time. Do you want to tell the story? No, I'm just, <laughs> I just want to and confirm so, that you know it was so then, God. So then at that just point. trying to was, highlight the good points. Right, right. The good yeah, parts, right. <laughs> Lord help me. And so after that, we just would continue to communicate and talk on the phone. But keep in mind, I had broken up amicably with this other person. So, and it had been like nine months since the breakup. So I didn't really know if I was even ready for a new relationship, but I knew how he was, and he was very serious. He's not playing around. And so um, I was supposed to come visit Huntsville. Was able not to, I was not able to go that weekend, but he said, I said, I'm sorry. I know I was supposed to come, but I won't be able to come. He says, well, I'll take rain, che- uh, rain che- No, I said, I'll give you a rain check. And he says, I don't mind traveling. Stalker. So then he comes. <laughs> so then he drives to, I invite him the weekend that I have all my family in town my friends over. It was perfect. I felt like I had nothing to lose because I had not fallen for him yet. Mm-hmm. It was like a thing of, let's see how this works. Mm-hmm. Like if they said they didn't like him, I didn't feel like I would feel bad. If they say they like him, that's great. Mm-hmm. My girls knew him because he used to be the Pathfinder director. And so they were trying to figure out what he was doing there. Like, okay, they're teenagers. And he was like, I'm here to visit a friend, which was <laughs> me. And they figured that out. And so um, pretty much... Fast forward, we've been talking for a couple months, um, just on the phone, real easy. And I remember we were, I don't even think we were officially dating yet, but he told me he loved me. And um, I remember it kind of, it kind of took me aback. This was months? Yeah, baby. It was August. I remember that. Okay. June was when we went out. But what happened was when he came and we had been talking he sent me this email and I remember it was a Thursday. It was on a Thursday and I read the email and I just backed away from the computer because everything he wrote in the email was exactly what I asked God for in a man. Wow. And I had never shared that with him. Mm. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever the presence of God is revealed to me, mm-hmm. it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. That mm. God took some time to come see about me and to impress something on me, to mm-hmm. reveal something to me. And I and it and it I had I had some fear. I was like, oh my goodness, because I had been married, I've been divorced, that whole fear of failure. Mm-hmm. That um so that Thursday night when I went to sleep, I heard God say to me, I asked you asked me for this, and you need to receive it. Mm. And so He came up that weekend. We went to church. What was the sermon on? Fear. Wow. That's what the sermon was on. Huh. And I remember I went up for the appeal. He went up with me. And it was like at that moment, I had to just release the fear of having a failed marriage again. Yeah. I can imagine how that could be. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, and it wasn't like I, I wasn't projecting anything onto him. I knew he was a different person. Mm hmm from who I was once married to, but it's just a matter of working so hard at trying to make something work and it did not. And so here I am yet again. And at this point it had been five years since I had been divorced. Mm -hmm. But um, at that point I was like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And I, I, that Sunday we talked about our, I told him about my concerns because he had um, a baby, a young child. Mm -hmm. And my girls were, pretty much, you know, teenage years, almost to the point where graduating from high school. So I had some concerns. I was like, listen, 
the first time I was married, um, my then husband said he would be there for me. He mm-hmm. wanted a girl. God bless him with two. And I pretty much raised him on my own. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I don't want to do that again. And yeah. he said to me, well, you don't have to do it again because I'm going to be there. Oh. And um, it, w- it was a turning point. And what I realized at the end of it, it really was a God thing. Like he literally put us together because he became um, a consistent, stable loving father to mm-hmm. my children mm-hmm. and I was able to be a mother the only mother that my son knows mm-hmm. and and baby I just want you to um kind of I think it's important to touch on what happened with you and your um deceased wife before we met because it's really powerful the way um that transpired and then he brought us together well what actually happened was my my um, deceased wife and I were having our first child. Mm-hmm. Everything was going great, you know. Day of <laughs> delivery, she she um, delivers the baby. I hear the baby. They bring me the baby, and of course, you know the family and all. We all go up to the NICU with the baby, and I'm like, okay, well, wow. Let me go check on, you know, Janelle. Mm-hmm. And um, I go to the nurses station, and when I ask for the lady. The phone was behind her. She so she turns and she calls to get the status. Mm-hmm. But whatever they said on the phone made her cry. Oh, because she she her back was turned and I could see her trying to wipe tears from her eyes. And so, of course, I'm very observant. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but whatever it is, it's bad because this lady can't even turn around yet. Yeah, she was trying to get herself together. Together before she turned around. So she turned around, she says, the doctor is on his way. And then she flipped back around. So I, I wouldn't look at her face again. Mm-hmm. So I looked down the hallway and I could see the doctor. I could see the countenance on his face. So of course, you know, um, she things went horribly wrong. They had to revive her on the table. She ended up going into a coma. And she was in a coma for five months prior to passing. So mm-hmm. my last conversation with her was me rolling her down the hallway into labor and delivery. And so... Wow. That was the course of events that took place in my life. Now I'm I'm a widower <laughs> with an infant. Yeah. You know, and life just completely changed, you know, and it was like, oh wow, you know. And this, this was is, your first child. Yes. No, this is my second. Your second, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my second child. It was just she, she and I, I was our first child. And I mean, I was just blown away. Wow. I was, I was, I mean, literally just. I was, I couldn't even be devastated because I was still in shock. Mm-hmm. Like, what's this? You know, and every day I would wake up going, okay, that was a dream. Yeah. And then I would wake up and I'm like, okay, no, this is actually reality. You know, and as he's going through this whole thing, the whole church is praying yeah. mm-hmm. for him. And so even just that, knowing like after what he had been through, mm-hmm. you know, some women kind of look at, you know, they become opportunists. I'm like, oh, he's right. got a single man. Yeah. I was very much so, oh, that that's a serious, delicate situation. I, my yeah. mind right. didn't even want to entertain it because mm-hmm. I can't imagine your wife being in that situation and then your son having some complications and you end up losing your wife. Yeah, right. that, that that was a journey. But, you know, she and I, the you know, like she said at the beginning, I I watched her for several months. 
Told you, you know. Um, I mean, no, that's called observation, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> it's called observation. Ob- observation. And that's what we call it now, people. Observation, right, right. investigation. You know, right. once once uh-huh. I determined that hmm, I'm I'm sort of interested, I knew that we had mutual friends. So of course, mm-hmm. by nature, you ask your people that you're closest to, like, yeah. okay, so what's what's the deal with her? You know? Yeah. They were like, you like Rachel, and I was like. I'm just saying, I want to know what's going on. <laughs> the answer is right. supposed to just be yes. No. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you do. We don't want to divulge all yeah, we can't just, right. right. We can't wow. just jump out the window. Right. Right. Like, right. You just go up to them and tell them they're going to be your wife. Right. Okay, gotcha. All <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but, you know, um, that whole journey, honestly, when I said that she, she goes, he was cocky. Honestly, I knew she was going to be. Mm. Like, when I, when I, there was this sense of, peace or calm Mm -hmm. that God gave me once I started to not only, you know, really observe her, but then hear the information from our mutual friends. Mm -hmm. And even our pastor, when I told him, Rachel, he was like, oh yeah, Jimbo. Shout out to Pastor Doggy. Yeah. He was like, (laughs) he was like, he said, yeah, he said, yeah, Jimbo. And so, you know, I was like, okay, cool. So when she comes to church with this guy, I literally was not worried. However, I didn't want to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I needed to let her know what's going to happen in the future. Right. And she'll tell you, after I said it, I walked away. He just planted the seed. My drop. Yeah. And and I walked away because I I didn't want to, you know, be disrespectful to the relationship that she was in. But at the same time, she had to know and he was just a placeholder. Wow. Mm. I love it. Yeah. The placeholder. So, so, so for those of you who are listening who might not be married, um, there is there's something to be said for um, that level of confidence. Right? That's what he's calling it, confidence, yeah. not cocky. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> to, trying to be politically was, correct. <laughs> it was <laughs> confidence, <laughs> Rachel. It wasn't cocky. Okay, okay. I mean, tomato, tomato. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Now, now in, in, as it relates to lyrical content, for you to walk up to somebody and be like, you're a placeholder. Mm-hmm. That that person you're with, that's a placeholder. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. Mm. Hey, that's I all right. That does sound confident. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, that, that hey, I like confident. it. What, what was, was the confident. time? And I think you said this in the beginning. What was the time period? Like, what... How much time are we talking about? From from the time of what to what? From the time from the of, time of when when he told you that you would be his wife until you actually got married. Okay, so uh, that's a good question. I moved to Huntsville. <laughs> I mean, I moved from Huntsville to Atlanta, June of 2010. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that means it was before I moved in 2010. We started dating by uh, that first date was June of 2011. Okay. He proposed to me December of 2011, and we got married June of 2012. Okay. So June, two, two June, years. June. So it was about two years after his initial, uh, two years maybe of a few months after him saying, you're going to be my wife. Mm. I, I want to I, I kind of dig into the story f- from a different angle, right? Okay. So sure. you both had kids, mm-hmm. right? Okay, go there. Um, both had previous relationships. Mm-hmm. Talk about what the dating period was like. Horrible. I'm sure there's a ton of Horrible. adjustments. Horrible, huh? 
Did you say horrible? This is yes. my first time hearing this. I hated the <laughs> idea of it. Okay. That literally, okay, literally, after um, my wife's death, the first thought, you know, of course, after going through the grief was, crap, I got a date again. Oh, mm. that part was horrible. They're like, talking about us. No, oh, you, I thought you were talking about the dating period, but you're talking about our dating. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes, I was dating. Oh, because okay, you're I'm having, you, you have, and, and I'm not saying that this was a factor, but I'm just throwing all the things out there, right? So previous relationships, you know, possibly got you. some points of reference as it relates to those relationships, mm-hmm. kids and their safety, mm-hmm. you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, right, and, and trying to piece those things together to get yeah. from you meeting her to right bells. Like, yeah. what was so, that like? So, so actually, it it was a very very smooth transition. Okay, great. And I I think in part we were still living in two different states. Gotcha. Yeah, that may have helped. Yeah, I think that may have helped the transition a little bit because. For her girls who were teenagers, they weren't overwhelmed by me. Mm-hmm. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Like he was just there all the time. Right. I wasn't there all the, all the time. So what would happen is when we would schedule visits, either I'm, I came to Atlanta or she came to Huntsville, um, we decided that we were going to be very intentional about me not only dating her, but dating them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. He kind of initiated it. Yeah, because you said we, but you really were good at, like I always say, I didn't have to give him any instructions mm-hmm. because I always felt like I, I'm, I'm divorced. I have two kids. I've never been one of those women that's like, oh gosh, I've got to get married again or who's going to yeah. want me? It was never a thing like that. It was just mm-hmm. that I knew whoever did marry me had to take the whole package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I could not give a bunch of instructions because it had to be the Holy Spirit leading you. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and um, to her point in saying that, I understood that, you know, one, these girls have a dad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I didn't... And the second thing that, that was key for me was I didn't want them to think I only wanted their mother and wasn't concerned about them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and so when I would come down to visit, I made it my business to not only spend time with Rachel, but to spend time with the girls individually Mm. because I wanted to get to know them individually. So one child loves to eat and the other one at that time was trying to learn how to drive. And Rachel was terrified of teaching her how to drive. So I said, "Okay, I'll do it. That'll mm-hmm. give her and I the opportunity to. So one, we would go eat cake, uh, what uh, donuts and ice cream. Yes. <laughs> and during during that time that we were eating our donuts and ice cream, we would talk. Mm-hmm. We would talk about what she liked, what she was expecting. You know what I liked, what I was expecting. How you know how I was going to treat them. What she could expect from me mm-hmm. um, coming into her life. And the, and the same thing with the oldest daughter, Sydney. We we did the same thing while we were driving, right? And so um, Sydney's more of she was she was more of the serious, like you know you you didn't know if you were really breaking any ground with her. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we would be driving, I knew I could say stuff to her while she was driving because she had to stay focused on driving. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Strategy. Right. Right, right. And so I would 
I would make key statements to her, things like, you know, um, Sydney, I'm I'm not trying to replace your dad because Sydney was, you know, she's she was very close to her dad. Mm-hmm. So she always gave me the crooked eye, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this was so interesting on the back. What was ha- what was brewing at home when he wasn't around was the oldest always gave me a hard time when I was dating the guy before because he was the first guy I dated since her dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was like she gave me just fits. It was just like, can you please just be happy for me? You know, yeah. I don't have a revolving door. I didn't just throw this person in your face. I was just very strategic at being considerate of my girl's feelings because just because I, you know, just because we got divorced, I have to handle that with care as it relates to them. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. And so um, she was always very like, just always tried to find something to be upset about when I dated the other person. Mm-hmm. So when he came in, even though she was kind of eyeing him, just trying to figure out what was going on, I was shocked that she was not as mean or hateful acting mm. to me mm-hmm. concerning him. Mm-hmm. And ironically, the younger one, Shari, when I dated the other guy, it was all she really knew. So she's like, as long as mommy's happy, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But once I had broke up with the other guy and she had mommy to herself, she felt threatened by his presence wow. because, oh, he's going to take my mommy away from me. And I mm-hmm. remember being so shocked. I'm like, wait a minute. I just got your sister straight. Right. She's not, she don't have a problem with it. And then like, she's crying over what could be budding. This was before we started going out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I just told her, I said, listen, uh, you know, mommy has been very patient. He's a, he's a great guy. I'm not saying I expect you to just, you know, be over the moon happy, mm-hmm. but it's really not fair to me for you, you know, after all the things that I've tried to do to kind of help you guys make this adjustment for you to try to make me feel like you don't want me to pursue this future mm-hmm. with this gentleman. And I remember shortly thereafter, I think I shared with him what happened. And we went to the movies and out to eat. And it was like, I think we went to go see Pitch Perfect. Mm -hmm. And she was just, I mean, she was so excited. She saw things from a whole different perspective. Like I I keep telling him it was because he fed her. (laughs) That's what it was, huh? (laughs) That was what it was. But I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that everything was peaches and cream because here's what made it better. Mm. There was a baby. So LJ was almost two, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was almost three when we got married. And so he he just, when they saw him, it was like, he was like the glue that bonded it all together. Wow. Because, yeah, it really that helped, helped because yeah. I had friends who we got married around the same time and they both had like preteen teenagers. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as smooth. That dynamic got, is different. That dynamic yeah. is different. You got teenagers, preteens that are stuck in their ways and yep. they want their space and they're selfish with yeah. their, that parent. Mm-hmm. So the blessing in that was we did not have to deal with the friction of the children. However, we did have to, I had to teach my girls about now he's first, mm-hmm. God, then him. And then try not to make them feel neglected. Yeah. Right, right. And like tough. I had time for, for them. And, you know, he's making signs and putting it on the door. 
saying, <laughs> you know, um, girls, please do not knock on the door. I'm in here loving on your mother. And I was like, what? How could you put that sign on the door? And he's like, they keep knocking on the... He wasn't used to that. Yeah. Right, right. You know, it was just It him. was an adjustment for everyone. It yeah, an it's an adjustment period. You, you guys have been doing this. You don't realize it yet. And I didn't, I didn't tell you this in the beginning when we talked about the format. Mm-hmm. But at least one time throughout this, and for you, it would probably be several, we're asked for a specific trade secret. Mm-hmm. So it would be me saying, Jimmy, give the guys a specific trade secret about X, Y, Z. Right. So, Rachel, I'm going to start with you just because there are individuals that are were in the same situation that you're in. Denise is one of them. Yep. Right. When I met Denise, she had two girls as well. Mm-hmm. Talk to those individuals, single moms who are trying to get back out there to trying to get their personal life together. But at the same time, they have these kids who they need to protect. Right, right, right. Give a trade secret to those single moms about just how you delicately navigate navigate that. Okay. Okay. The first trade secret I would say is you have to make sure that first of all, you've got to respect the fact that not only are they your children, but they're individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And because sometimes as parents, we can get caught up in this, well, I'm your mother and that's what I said. So you have to be sensitive to where they are emotionally and not just thrust or throw things in their face mm-hmm. as it relates to the new person you might be interested in. Right. I like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you have to honor the fact that they're individuals. They have feelings, even though you're, you've, you're way past their father or whatever the situation may be they still love their parent. Mm -hmm. And so the dating process can't be so, um, what's the, it it can't be so casual that you're thinking that they're where you are because they may not be. Right. Um, I, we went to counseling. Okay. Good. Very good. So I, I was counseling during my first marriage and after counseling went with my daughters because one of them was still visibly, angry mm. and she was angry with me because she knew I was the one that asked for the divorce mm-hmm. and because you know he you know she was like why why do you want to get divorced and he was pretty much like I don't want it she wants it so it was kind of like put in my lap but I wasn't gonna and that's the other secret like you don't divulge unnecessary information to your children to make them hate the other person and 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 love you more or love that other mm. person yeah. Yeah. the new person in your life that's a good one. Um, I, I just, for me, I just always wanted to play fair when it came to that delicate transition. The other thing, the other mistake, and this is not judgment on anyone, but I think it's critical that if you're just dating and you're getting to know someone, not everyone you date, you just bring home and introduce to mm-hmm. your children. Absolutely. Very true. Yeah. That's crucial. Because then it starts to look like a revolving door. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And That's although, true. Although your children may not know what's going on, they they can start to conjure up, yeah. wow, this guy, now this guy, now mm-hmm. this guy. Yeah. So, so those were some of the things that just off the cuff, I knew I had to make sure. And then, you know, I, I talked to the Lord. And when the time was right, that was when I sat them down to tell them, you know, I was interested in someone and mm-hmm. I wanted them to eventually meet that person. That's, That's good. good. And, and, and Jimmy, you were talking about how you 
dealt with the girls individually during that dating period, Mm -hmm. which I think is phenomenal. phenomenal. Now, there probably wasn't so much of a conversation, obviously, with the two or three year old as it relates to preparing, you know, him for that. But speak to the guy. Mm. Speak to the me in the situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Who is meeting this woman with kids and 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 how you navigate being careful, but yet firm, but yet loving, but yet distant. Like it's just a lot that has to yeah. happen, and it's it's that delicate dance. How do you, how do you do that? Well, I'm 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 gonna first start with the two adults, um, that because that's where it starts. That's the okay. genesis. The two adults in the relationship have to understand that this is necessary for the blending to take place. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it's going to blend. Now, how well it blends is up to the parents. You understand what I'm saying? So <laughs> yep. we can just imagine the parents being the blender, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. they have to literally set the stage for this transition that's about to take place in these children's lives and right. it, as well as in their own lives, right? But especially when they are the age that our children were, the kids were teenagers. So I knew that that was going to be delicate. So I, my first trade secret would be be intentional. Mm, be intentional. Understand that you have to be intentional about developing a relationship with those kids, mm-hmm. right? And understand also that it may not transition as quickly as you think. Mm, but if you really love their parent, mm-hmm. you're going to have to love them equally. Right. And you'll put that time in. You'll put that time in. You'll be a lot of a lot more patient for you know through the process. And so that my trade secret would be, you know, first the parents, make sure that you're, you know, you all are discussing and understanding that, hey, we have to make sure that we're not just dumping each other on our children. Right. That these kids get a chance to see us maturate into this relationship that we're trying to have. So while we're dating. You should be dating my children and she should be dating my, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We should be courting. Right. So these kids should be getting to know us as well as they're, you know, we're getting to know each other. And I think when we do that and we are genuinely interested in their interests, because then they start to believe, oh, okay, maybe he does care. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And and so um, that's, I think that's it. Just being intentional, understanding that, hey, this is a this is going to be a change and a shift for everybody. Mm. And the worst thing you want a child to feel is they only want my parent. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very you know, true. They, they don't care about me. Yeah. You know, because and, the dynamic after that is just yeah. right. It's, right. It's, it's difficult to change. Yeah. It, it is. And and even time, time can change things, but sometimes when we don't do it right at the beginning that process takes a lot longer, mm-hmm. yes. you know? And so I just knew that I wanted to do it right from the beginning. And, you know, as Rachel said, it wasn't um, smooth 100%, even throughout our marriage, but it was better than just about most of the blended families we know. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a blessing. Here's what I've noticed. He genuinely loves them mm-hmm. and they genuinely love him. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even if he got on their nerves, because you know sometimes here's the mistake some people make when it's a blended family. Mm-hmm. While the dating is happening, especially if the other, the other person has kids, sometimes they may not discipline 
or say anything. Right. Them, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you know, that's your child. I don't want to step on your toes. I don't want to. And then they get married, and all of a sudden, you raising up like, and they look at you like, right. you're not my mother, you are not my father, mm-hmm. and who is this person? Because he was not acting like this before they got married. Right. right. And for him, and then I remember when he did it, I was kind of like, ooh, how's this going to go over? There were times he checked them mm-hmm. when we were dating. Mm-hmm. And I know my older one was kind of like, hold up now. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, you say left, she want to go right. Yeah, but yeah, they 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 have the same similar. They both born in the same month, similar personalities. But <laughs> he 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 did not really hold back. I'm not saying he went all the way in, mm-hmm. but he did not hold back. So that mm-hmm. when he we got married, they didn't feel like he was being fake or he was not being honest. right. Or yeah. he changed. Or he changed yeah. right. once he met because who they saw when we were dating is who they saw when we were married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and, important. Yeah, you know, remember I told you that I I, I would spend time with them individually. Mm-hmm. And during those conversations, during those conversations, I told them what my expectations were as it related to discipline, mm-hmm. right? Good. And I shared with them, you know, you know, I don't like disrespect. Mm-hmm. I, I don't tolerate that. So if I hear your mother giving you some instructions and you're mouthing off at her, I said, you know, that's going to be my wife, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think I'm going to do as an adult? Mm-hmm. I'm going to protect her and make sure that you, I said, first of all, because you're being disrespectful and it's wrong. Right. Yeah. right? And so I, they kind of understood, okay, well, he did say he was going to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what's so deep? Um, the dynamic shift that takes place. Because, and someone once told me this, and, and when I really thought about it, it was really happening. Because when it's your two girls and you, it's two against one. You know, right. you're the adult, their voices sometimes sound louder, especially if they're on the same page than you. Mm-hmm. But when he came, it was like, it wasn't equal. Now there are two adults mm-hmm. dealing with two kids. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything has changed here. Right. Yeah. Mom's saying this. But there are reinforcements. Exactly. Right? We got some backup. Uncomfortable because now that might change, you know, me getting what I want. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. And I had to be literally, y'all, I really had to be. I'm never the pushover mom. That's one thing about us. Even though the, the older one, she would tend to be snappy just because I think she was still upset about the fact that we weren't, I wasn't with her dad. But mm-hmm. um, I'm a disciplinarian as well. But they, me learning to be able to know when to back up and just let it kind of flow as opposed to running in and saving because I, I want them to still feel secure, yeah, supported. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that I right get there, that. yeah, for, for, the, for the single moms who are listening, mm-hmm. just be very mindful of trying to come to the rescue. Yeah. Because when you do that and you do it at the at the wrong time or it's not really appropriate for you to do, the kids will try to play you against, play each, you other. against each other yeah. and yep. manipulate that situation mm-hmm. and play on the, that parent's um, weaknesses, weaknesses yep. for them. And so we had to make sure there were times that he said something and I totally didn't agree with it. I totally didn't agree with it. <laughs> and I could not wait to get back in the room. To tell him that I did not agree with it. <laughs> yeah. Because, but I knew, don't say it in front of the girl. Right. Because if yep. you do, 
you're not a united front. A I don't united think it's front. being fake. It's just that we are a unit. Yeah. And we have to present as a unit. Absolutely. Right. And that's a precedent you have to that's set precedent from you early. Have precedent yeah. you have to set. So that's another trade secret. Uh, we've talked about that on one of our shows is that the two have to kind of sit down and talk about each of those things, like with, with these children in our home, hmm. what's okay, what's not okay. Um, we're going to talk about things before, especially when it comes to certain things, before one person says, yes, you can do this. Um, we need to discuss it. What did your mother say? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Dad, yep. That same old school thing. Right. Don't yeah. try to play me, have me saying right. yes, and you know she <laughs> right. already told you right. no. Right. Well, they're saying yeah. yeah. And there were times he said, you know, he may have already said no about something, and I would have said yes, but I'm just like, okay, you're going to have to eat this one. Picking, picking my battles because I I didn't want to run the risk of um, them seeing dissension. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's why I think the, the order is important. God, Absolutely. us, the yes. children. Yeah. Because if you go out of order, the whole, it becomes chaotic. Yeah. Oliver, let me let me say something else since we're talking about discipline. And here's another trade secret that I think that all couples need to need to learn quickly. When it comes to the um the that dynamic of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Um ladies who are going into a relationship with a man who let's just say he doesn't have any kids, his discipline is going to look different from yours. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's not wrong because it's not yours. Right. Men have a certain level of discipline and a certain presence that need to be there or things will be chaotic in the household. Mm -hmm. You know, because one of the parents have to be this role. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell your dad, no, I'm okay. I'm just playing. Don't do that. Don't, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody has to have that. that They have to have that. No, don't, don't mess with mama or don't mess with daddy. Mm-hmm. One of the parents have to be that, right? And you cannot get that if the biological parent is always coming to their rescue when they see that discipline that's different from theirs. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I often tell, you know, I often share with people, you know, especially our women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, he's the man of the house. They have to understand that when he says something, it is non-negotiable. Right. Right? But that's me talking to her, but when I'm talking to them, you all should have an agreement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are some things that you all should talk about in advance. Yeah. You have to have those conversations. You know what I'm saying? There are some conversations about, you know, how you're going to rear things. and But then there are times when, when, you know, you have to give an answer. You know, um, she's not home or I'm not home. And that was, and, and I, Maybe she can speak to this, but as far as my son, when she was, when, you know, when she started, especially early on, I was like, I'm not saying anything. He would look at me and I'm like, don't look at me. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, because he was very young. Right. But, but the deal is the kids still know and they expect you as the biological to come to their rescue mm-hmm. when this other person mm-hmm. is right. getting on them. Yeah. They They're, even if they don't like it when the biological parent gets on them, they have a healthy expectation that that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. other person, but this, yeah, this stranger, hold right. on now. You and they look at you like, so you just gonna let this happen, yeah, you know. And so, we have to make sure that they understand that, yeah, um, I'm gonna protect you if something's wrong, but mm-hmm. nothing's wrong. And the conversations have to happen before you get married, yeah, 
Definitely. how you're courting. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you don't, here, here's what happens to a lot of women, especially women who feel as if they've been looking for someone and they finally found them. They don't want to risk losing them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they'll compromise certain things. Right, yeah. right. Mm. For the sake of keeping things together. Yep. They can keep things together, but don't realize that that thing that you have just conceded to could be the very thing that breaks you apart mm. or wow. start to put cracks in the foundation. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to um, don't be afraid. Don't leave with fear. Leave with love. Yeah. And if, if there's something that is said by that other person while you're courting that is totally opposite of your core values and beliefs as it relates to discipline, um, you unless they're willing to um, sincerely like wow you know I, I, you're right I was wrong I didn't even think about it that way if you just get into it anyway you're just setting yourself up mm-hmm. especially without having the conversation especially without having yes. the conversation yeah, yeah. So the conversation you have good. it early then have it like you're engaged you feel like you got so much to lose or you're married you're in it now right uh, absolutely yeah. it's yeah. a very different conversation <laughs> when you're back up against the wall there or in the go. midst of a a situation or scenario that is is just not going right. Yeah. Or when they know they have you. And I think as humans, sometimes mm. um, we make that mistake. And 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 it's probably men and women, but you know, sometimes men, it's like, this is what I've, this is who I want. I've gotten her. She's mine. I've conquered it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like at that point, you ain't going nowhere. Like, what, where do you think you're going? Mm-hmm. Right. You're mine. And, and and this is how it's going to be because most people don't want to just bail, mm-hmm. right? You know, after yeah. they just got married, mm-hmm. right? We're supposed to stick it out and work it out, right? Right. It's got to work. Last trade secret for for men and women, okay, as it relates to not only the children but the person that you're 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 getting involved with. Don't be afraid, and don't delay too long in saying I'm sorry or I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. There there were a few times that I had to come back and tell the girls my presentation was wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There are times when I had to tell Rachel, I, I've had a chance to process what transpired. And I, I apologize because I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have said that or whatever. The, you know, I think sometimes we don't know the value mm-hmm. of simply taking total ownership, ownership. Yep. total. Yep. I, see, I'm not talking about making co-conspirators, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. you know, you know, cause co-conspirators is, you know, I'm sorry, but if you hadn't have done so and so, so and so, I wouldn't have yeah. done. No, 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 no. Taking total ownership of, you know, what you had done or said, mm-hmm. and, and then let them know you recognize that it was wrong. I may not have agreed with what you did. It mm-hmm. could have been equally wrong, but I'm, I can't control that. Right. What I can control is how I responded. And, and I don't want you children to feel that I don't love you because the presentation was incorrect. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that's good. And, and I think that is that was one of the key, one of the other key things that really helped the bond between myself and the girls. Because, you know, I wasn't afraid to say I was wrong. I, I, you know, hey, I, I shouldn't have done that. Especially like they were night and day. The youngest one, Shari, I mean, Shari just want to please, you know, Sydney, that was, she was, you know, she's a Leo lion, you know, and, and sometimes I had to show her, you know, um, 
I'm the alpha. You got a, you got a roar yeah. in you as well. You, you are a good, nice lioness. Yes, you are. You hunt very well. But um, I'm the one running running this pride right here, you know. And so there were times when I I did have to present a little bit more forceful with her, mm-hmm. but I still made sure when I did it, she didn't see it as, oh, he hates me. Right. No, she just saw it as, no, he's correcting me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, and even afterwards, we would, I would pull it to the side and then have a conversation with her, you know, because I wanted her, I wanted to make sure that she didn't feel Mm -hmm. that I had something against her. And I think Rachel kind of helped that too, because there were a couple of times I had to come to her defense. Mm -hmm. You you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I came to her defense and she was like, oh, wow. You know, and yeah, then there were times when I came, yeah. right. And then there were times when she had to see me come to her mother's defense, you know, and it was yeah. like, yeah, so was she, good. she saw that healthy balance. Like, yeah. oh, okay, he really does care about me. I you know, it was a learning process for him too, being around too many women. Oh Lord. Yes. Because there was too much estrogen. He, <laughs> very like straightforward. And, and there's sometimes the, the message is always real and right. But the package that it's delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah was not always the most palatable package. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in his mind, he's like, if it's the truth, it's the truth. It should, you know, it shouldn't matter. And I'm like, yeah, babe, I understand it's the truth and you're right. But do you want to say the truth for the truth's sake? Or do you want that truth to be received? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where that whole, so we, we were constantly, even now, now, you know, sometimes we have that conversation, but you got to present it in such a way, not like, Okay, now, baby, you can't. No, not like that. Mm-hmm. But to the point where they don't feel like, well, gosh, you mean he's <laughs> just being mean? Like he just said that and didn't care about my feelings. So there's, mm-hmm. a, it's just a delicate balance there mm-hmm. as it relates to that. But I do want to mention this. Another thing, when he proposed to me, um, he did it with them around. He surprised me. That was a whole thing. And um, after the proposal, maybe that following week or so, he sat them down at the table. I think he bought each of them a necklace or something. And he was just saying, I'm not just, um, I don't just have a commitment to your mom. I have a commitment to you. (laughs) And this is symbolic of, you know, my commitment to you. Nice. And I was just like, wow. Mm -hmm. And that's what I meant by I didn't have to give him any instructions. Yeah, and I felt like when he does stuff like that, I felt like he was protecting them emotionally, right? Mm, by not good. just like saying, "I'm just in here, I'm the boss now." Yeah, mm-hmm. y'all fall back. Yeah, was, yeah. You know that's, that's the thing good. As a mom, you you're like, hold up now. If I'm gonna open my children up to you, like you, you better take care of them. And exactly, right. absolutely. And and that's a gesture of, of reassurance in that, that in, in that area. Yeah, yeah that's, man, y'all dropping some good ones, man. Yeah, I, I hate good. to, I kind of want to just let you continue to talk through this okay. whole thing, but I, I do want to, um because of what you do as it relates to consulting and relationship, real talk, I, I just kind of want to go into how that came about. So you're married now, Family's mm-hmm. blended. We're we're off to a running start, getting to a cruise altitude. How do we get from there to relationship real talk? Wow. So so let's let's just say this. Um, I went to school for ministry and psychology. Mm-hmm. Okay. During the process of 
going through the theology program, I realized I didn't want to be a pastor. Mm. However, I knew for a fact I was called to ministry. Mm -hmm. Didn't know specifically what that ministry was going to be. At the same time, I'm going through this process of I'm tired of working for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I started praying and I was like, okay, God, you know, I want to, I don't want to work for anybody else. I do want to do ministry. What am I going to do? And so God sort of said, do what you've always done. And I was like, okay, that's real funny. Like, what is that? You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he just said relationships. So I initially started out with, you know, trying to work with schools, um, you know, well, doing motivational speaking pretty much on principle-based stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I said, okay, well, I'm on a, I want to work with schools and then teachers on how to develop better relationships with their students. Mm-hmm. So I created a program called Teacher-Student Relationship Building, right? And so, um, and so I was like, okay, that transition was just, you know, it was a lot of political stuff to get, you know, to really make a living. getting in through schools and I'm just not a political person. So I was like, okay, God, this is obviously not it, you know, because the the doors were just not opening. And Mm -hmm. and I believe when the doors are not opening and you're, and you're knocking at a lot of doors, maybe that's not the route. Right. And so I went back to the drawing board and asked God again. And this time God was a little bit more specific. He said marriages. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow. So I went to Rachel. I was like, I want to do marriage stuff, you know? And so she was like, what do you mean marriage wait, stuff? Wait. We got to interject this here. What? There was a huge part. Before he decided he wanted to do the relationship stuff with students, he had written a book. Ah, yeah. The Other Side of Through. Okay. Which was this, his story and with losing his wife. And how to handle grief, yeah. How to handle grief. So he thought he that was going to be his ministry dealing with grief and then he no said, i didn't i never wanted to no, do no, grief. i thought you were like oh grief is too much yeah i was like i don't want to do no grief because people were trying to make me a grief right, person mm-hmm. book, right because of the book people were like so right. you want to come talk to grief i was like right. no yeah that's what he realized because he was promoting the book he had to talk about what he'd been through right, right. over and over, over and, and over and, and over and i was like oh no don't want to do that thought he wanted to do motivational speaking then went to the um, relationship with the students and then started doing relationships videos by himself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm an educator, so I was teaching, doing my thing. I was doing some motivational speaking as well. And then one day on one of his, um, used to give tips, mm-hmm. relationship tips. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, you want to come on uh, with me today? It was a Sunday afternoon. I was like, okay, sure. And we sat on the couch and we started talking and you know, we were joking around and I'd throw him under the bus every now and then. He'd throw me under the bus <laughs> and he'd throw some tips in there in between. And we just started getting some really good feedback. And we started realizing that um, God God could really use us to make an impact. Working as a unit. Yeah, as a unit on relationships. And then from there, it went from relationships. He says, you know what? I really think God is calling me to do um marriages help marriages because there's so many marriages that are hurting you know people might talk to him about things or we might talk about constantly yeah it was constant mm. yeah or people we knew that mm. were together and they're having a hard time or breaking up so it was confirmation and then once i started doing it and we started doing um events 
and stuff. I just saw the Holy Spirit work mm-hmm. and knew that he had given us through our experiences. Cause I always say collectively we have about almost 30 years of marriage experience. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that was, uh, were failures, like things that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think even though it's nice to have a successful marriage and not have to, you know, keep getting married over and over, but people could learn from this. And it makes us very relatable as it relates to dealing with the non-traditional mm-hmm. situation. Right. Union, yeah. Right. Union. And so, um, so from there, that's when we were doing our tips. And as we would meet, we just would try to, allow God to lead us as to what to do next. That's excellent. Let me just, and let me just say, for those of you who are listening, if you're not familiar um, with Jimmy and Rachel, what they share is, and I'm vastly underplaying it when I say this, what they mm-hmm. share is extremely valuable. Yeah. So these are individuals that you need to have in your library as it relates to videos, as it relates to uh, Facebook lives. You need to be, on their page. And we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end when they kind of let us know how we can get a hold of them. But I just want to throw that out there. Thank you. Just so to much. affirm you all, mm-hmm. you know, through this conversation that mm-hmm. what, what kind of organically came to be mm-hmm. is extremely valuable. Yeah. Yeah. To, and to we say the same thing about YouTube. Looking. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I ran across YouTube via watching videos i was like they are funny (laughs) and i was like oh wow that's some good those are some good tips you know because sometimes when you hear people speak it's more philosophical Mm -hmm. and not really practical exactly and and so the thing that i love about you all you are practical and it has a spiritual bond to it Mm -hmm. you know and so I, and one of the things that we say in our teachings, you know, we give, we use biblical principles in a practical manner, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so that's, and I think that's the, that's been the, the blessing, you know, it's like, okay, um, I'm not saying something I've heard. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really speaking from not only my personal experiences, but the experiences of hundreds and hundreds of couples and individuals that I've worked with. Mm. So I can tell you definitively what's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. right. Um, this is what really clicked for me as I started to do the ministry was um, a lot of people are leaving their marriages or making choices based on this facade or shall I say this fairy tale mm-hmm. that they thought marriage was supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And the reason why the whole real and relationship real talk is so important to me is that had I known what I know now is that marriage really is, you have to put in the time, you have to put in the work, you have to be intentional. All these images that we see of marriage on TV and now Mm -hmm. social media, it really gives people the impression that, oh, you know, we've fallen head over heels mm-hmm. as if it's almost a mindless thing. Like mm-hmm. there's no thought process and no intentionality and, and everything's supposed to be bliss right. and live happily ever after. And what I realized is that happily ever after should really be a Christ thing. And when it's a Christ thing, we're imperfect. We're flawed. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be imperfections within the both of us that God is trying to work out. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And so what that means is when you're, for, uh, to those of you who are listening, who might be in a marriage that your core values are the same. You really, truly, genuinely love one another. There's no abuse invo- involved. Um, when things get hard, not to just bail because it no longer feels comfortable and you thought things mm-hmm. were just supposed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. That could be a call that God is making to you of there's some things in your character that need to change. That you yeah. got to readjust. To Absolutely. And, yeah. And yeah. There's some adjustments you got to make. Mm-hmm. And I had this individual here to help you make those adjustments. To help you do that. And that is that. gold. And so that's <laughs> I why I really think transparency is important because had yeah. I had those conversations with people, had people been more transparent the things that I went through in my first marriage, oh my goodness, like I just mm-hmm. was clueless. Yeah. And 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 I if if we could help other couples make those, you know, go through those rough patches a little bit more easier, mm-hmm. then it's all worth it. It's worth right. it. Yeah. And the hardest the we always and I've heard a lot of relationship coaches, counselors, and um experts say marriage is work. The work is being willing to change. Mm-hmm. Not, you cha- not you changing them. Right. It's mm-hmm. you being willing to make the necessary changes within yourself that can help foster the healthy relationship that you say you want. Mm-hmm. And I often challenge people, I say, the reason I said you say you want is because if you're not willing to put in the introspective work, mm-hmm. you don't really want what you right. say. You don't mean you know what, what you mean? said. Right. right. Because most of us understand that change is difficult, right? So it's easier for you, me to try to change Rachel so I don't have to change. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And so, so that's the key to understanding the phrase marriage is work. It's mm-hmm. work because I have to do the work on me, hmm. not on her, you know? Yeah. And so I think people struggle with that. Yeah. You know, we fail miserably trying to change the other person when we should have been focusing on trying to change ourselves yeah. Yeah. Or, or at least, or should I say, allowing God to change us. Right. That's yep. right. We made yeah. the situation worse. Yeah. Right. right. So, so with all of the couples that you guys work with and counsel and consult with, what would you, do you find that there's a common issue that they, that you run across with couples? Oh, Definitely. Um, the one we just mentioned, um, change. Mm-hmm. Very few people readily uh, are readily willing to change. Yeah. Um, so they they will persist on doing the exact same things that got them the negative results from the very beginning mm-hmm. and wonder why. Why is this not working? Because yeah. it's not the right thing. You know, <laughs> do something different. You know, and um, I, I, I tell people, I said, um, people are amazed when you give them the solution to their problem because the solution was so simple. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily easy in their mind. But, but right. here's the deal. Um, when you are ready to actually change and you hear the simple solution, you're like, that was it? Right. Yeah. But guess what happens when you're not ready to change? Guess it's what you say so. to that same simple solution? That's too Why are you oversimplifying it? it ain't that simple yeah it's too hard well the deal is it really is that simple what you're saying is i'm just not willing to do it yep yeah that's you know so so that's the um so the commonalities are people you know a struggle to change also we find um a lot of times um 
people don't share the same core values. Wow. Mm, okay. Um, and when you don't share the same core values, really, what do you have to stand on? Because after a while, sex is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The money, the money's not enough. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, whatever it was that masked it. Yeah. Right. It, it, it tends to fade away. Mm-hmm. So, so if you don't have those founda- foundational pillars in place, the relationship is going, it's going to get tested anyway, but mm-hmm. it's going to crumble if the pillars aren't there. Cause you don't have that. And so, right. so we're finding out that a lot of people are not really compatible or they don't have those core values, the same core values. And, and, and a lot of people will tell you, but they don't have the same core values It's over. Mm. Well, you can get the same core values. Right. Especially if you really love the person. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Too, yeah. Because an- another commonality is um, one person is willing to do the work. And the other one isn't. And make the change. Yeah. And the other one is. That's, that's very hard. true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A hard lesson I learned, um, especially in my first marriage, is you just can't change people. You can't. And you may start off on the same path. And going the same way, but afterwards, things start to go literally go left. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how long are you going to hang in there before you you realize, wow, we're not even on the same page anymore? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get it back. Everything is. Um, I feel like I'm losing a grip on everything. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, both people have to be committed, regardless of where you are or how bad things got. If both people are committed to making it work, the yeah. worst of relationships can be restored. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's something. Through that's the help good. of God, but you yeah. both yeah. gotta want it. Well, we'll see. We, yeah, we, 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 we and I hate to interrupt you, but I, no, I don't want to gloss over what you just said, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With God's help, right? You can get through right. what you're in. That's right. Like, I mean, that is mm-hmm. that's powerful because we it, you know, very quickly when we hit that first wall, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, I'm, uh, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not what I signed up. For. Right. 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 But you can get, you can get through it. You can move through the phases. That is so important for people to understand. And so I, I, I'm, I apologize for interrupting you, but I just, oh, no, no, no. I just no. had to touch that. With God's help, you can get through it. It is yeah. not impossible mm-hmm. for you to align your core values right. and to get yourself in a place where you can begin to see your relationship grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Christians should be the leaders in that. Absolutely. What I find as Christians is with everything else, we'll just throw God, 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 God out there and then put limitations on him. Mm. When it comes to what he could restore, wow, that's well, that same God. That's the same, the same God. You're God. About. Yes. Well, well, I was. That's what I was going to okay, speak I'm to. Sorry, baby. <laughs> what? No, no, no. You didn't steal it. You okay. actually you helped Inherited set the it, okay. you helped set the platform for what I was going to okay. say. The reason that's the reasons that mm. God has limitations is because God doesn't move without our permission. Mm. That's right. That's right. You see what I'm saying? You God be a pastor, and you preach right. it, bro. God can't. God can't change what doesn't want to be changed. That's right. Otherwise, it would be force. Right. True. So God is like, okay, when you're ready, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so the deal is, we like to say God can change anything. Yeah. After you decide, you willingly change. Right. Yeah. Right. 
but he's not going to force you to change. Mm. So if God is not moving in your relationship like you think he should, Mm. uh, it's because of you. Wow. Wow. You (laughs) haven't gotten out of the way yet. Wow. I was going to ask you for a trade secret, but I think that's it. (laughs) Like that That's one for men and women. Yeah. 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 I mean, we got to, we sometimes have to make up in our mind. Okay. I don't like this situation. Yeah. I don't like this situation so much that I even realize how I'm playing a major role in it. Mm. So God, let me give you full reign of changing me mm. so we can change. Man. Wow. That's gold. That's so deep what he just said. And let me tell y'all what's so hard about that is that when you make that decision, if your spouse has not made that decision, you have to be ready to be mm. consistent. Mm. That's tough. With the decision you made, mm-hmm. despite how your spouse is behaving. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Well, well that's really despite what you yeah. Say. Yep. Yeah. In, in spite mm. of that, you say, you know what, God, you continue to work on me. Mm. Right. And hopefully by beholding the other right. change. Well, see, it ain't even about them. Cause see, see, and I think that's we're asking God to make a change conditionally. Well, no, I'm no, 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 that's no, 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 no. What I'm saying is yeah. inadvertently, that's what we're saying. Because here's what happens. God, you know, I asked you to change me, but he or she ain't changing. Mm. <laughs> right. No, no, and so, but, but no, that, that's what makes it hard. Remember, you, you started out by saying what makes it hard is when you go to yeah. God and you say, God, make that change, but they're not changing. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I'm what what I, my what I would offer people, and I'm not saying that yeah, you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's what a lot of us do. We focus more on what the other one is not doing. Mm-hmm. You you ask God to change you. Right. In other words, you say, God, all that wrong stuff that's in me, can you take it out of me? Right. And my blinders are on now. I don't even see her because mm-hmm. I promise God I want you to fix me. Completely right. focused on right. Her. Wow. So right. if 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 she changes, okay, great. That's icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't, guess what happened? My character has now been refined. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I'm no longer worried about what Rachel's doing right. simply because I asked God to change me. And now, like you said, Rachel, at the end, you said, hopefully, by beholding, the other person will become right. yeah, changed. And I, mm-hmm. the reason why I mentioned that is because mm-hmm. I wanted to appeal to the human side of people. Yeah. You know, that is how you... Oh, think. yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. You, you do know you need to make changes but the human side of you, it's almost—it's like you have to humble yourself mm-hmm. to the point where you feel like, is this even right that I have to continue to, to allow myself to be treated in a certain manner while I'm still trying to humble myself to the very individual that makes me feel a certain way? Mm-hmm. Right. What you said was key, which is even though that might be what's actually happening, on a physical level, on the spiritual level, you got to put on those blinders. Yeah, say, Lord, that's good. This is about me and you and what you're going to do through me. Mm-hmm. And that's here's what's really key. But if not, let's say that person never changes mm-hmm. and you end up going your separate ways. There was still a great work that was done. with the That game. was done. In, yes. Mm. And, and now you leave that situation whole. And better. Not mm-hmm. broken. Right. Because you are the one you take to the next relationship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Period. Man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was good. That, that whole blinders. Yeah. 
thing. That that's visual, good. yeah, that's good. That's so those good. of you who are listening, you understand now when I said in the beginning, we we really wanted to talk yeah. to this couple. Yeah. And and we man, I I don't want to be selfish <laughs> and make this a a two hour interview. So I'm not gonna do that. However, I will say this, we will definitely have to do a part two. Please. Because it's just too much good stuff, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. This is too much good stuff. I just (laughs) and I don't want to keep you forever, right? I don't want to keep you forever. I I I I'm trying to be true to the the time frame that I already blew apart, right? So (laughs) but we will definitely have to get together again because um just so many nuggets, Mm -hmm. you know, so many um nuggets of wisdom. And, and I hope, and I say this probably in every episode, you know, these are, these are the types of episodes that you go back and listen to again, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That you write some things down Mm -hmm. while you are uh, listening to these episodes, right? You may listen to it once, once all the way through just for the quote unquote entertainment value. Mm -hmm. But then when go back through and start writing some things down that you can apply, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you Mm -hmm. talked about, you know, using, uh, sharing biblical principles in a Mm -hmm. practical way. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. things that you can write down and be like, okay, what can I do tonight? Mm -hmm. When I finish listening to this podcast, what can I try? Mm -hmm. And you got some stuff in this interview. And so we want to thank you for that. And and we, we're going to do another one, right? Uh, No problem. So we're going to do another one. We have to, because I don't (laughs) want us, I don't want them to stop talking. (laughs) I don't want them to stop talking, but before we let you go and before we, um, allow you to, to, you know, plug what's going on um, with you guys. We just want to turn a corner real quick and just kind of play a quick game with you. Okay. Uh, it's called uh, 60. Rachel seconds. loves this part. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> 60 second think fast. So um, go ahead and let us know what that's about. So it's called the 60 second think fast. And I'm going to ask you both 10 questions and we can alternate. Rachel, okay. You can answer one and then Jimmy, you can answer the other. Got you. You only have 60 seconds within to answer them. And I'm going to give you a choice and you have to pick one of the two. For example, favorite color, red or blue. And you pick one of the got one of those two. Okay. It's very simple. Is all 10 questions within the 60 seconds or each yes. question? Is 60, okay. All 10 oh, wow. within the 60 seconds. Got you. Got you. Okay. Okay. Ollie's going to set the timer, so we're going to be under a little well, bit of pressure. Only get one answer, Jimmy. Don't be <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us know. You good? I'm, yeah, I'm good. You guys ready? We're ready. We're ready. Okay, Rachel, carnivore or herbivore? Herbivore. Jimmy, football or baseball? Football. Rachel, casual grub or fancy restaurant? Casual grub. Jimmy, Netflix or Night Out? Night Out. Rachel, book or movie? Movie. (laughs) Jimmy, super rich or super happy? Both. (laughs) 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 I'm super happy. Okay, Rachel, (laughs) hot and humid or cool and crisp? Cool and crisp. Uh, Jimmy, Toilet paper hangs over or under? Over. (laughs) Rachel, early bird or night owl? Night owl. Okay, last one, Jimmy. Brand new or classic? 
Classic. Look, perfect time. Look, listen, look. I'm torn between them, but classic. I love the classics. So many of those had. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Classics. I love classics. Yeah. I'm not an herbivore, but I think that's the best thing. Okay. I used to be vegetarian for ten years. Okay. 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 Yeah, we like we always like to get a you know get to know our guests a little bit and Mm -hmm. just you know hear what their choices are. It's kind of funny. You you um for the um which one was it the hot and humid or cool and crisp. You know, y'all in a more of a warmer place, so we're in a hot place. Yeah, <laughs> here's what got me. I don't like to be humid and muggy. Right, yeah, me okay. either. I don't really either. like a, a mid mid to lower seventies type of person. Same. Okay. Yeah. So, but yet, see, he's looking at me crazy because it's always too cold. Mm. You know, he likes it really cold, and and whatever I put it on, he feels too hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and right now, I'm just. She's a tropical girl, anyway. trust yeah, me. I'm, I'm Haitian, so right. She, you know, I have tropical blood, but I don't want to be humid. Right. She's she's most happy when we're in Miami in the summer. No, okay. No, <laughs> that is not true. Miami in December. In December. Miami in December. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a little little bit more mild. Right. There you go. Mild. That's yeah. what's up. Listen for for those of um, that are listening. Tell us how we can. Um, connect with you guys. We want to make sure that we are connecting with you. We're getting any product that you have. Um, if, if we're in, um, in the uh, Atlanta area that we're attending any events or just let us know what's going on and how we can get a hold of you. Awesome. Our social media. Um, if you want to, you know, follow us on social media, of course, everything is at RRT ministry. Um, so if you go to Instagram at RRT ministry, um, Twitter at RRT ministry, in, and our website is www.rrtministry and our Facebook page. If you just put in at RRT ministry, you will get to our Facebook lives. And, um, and our, if you go to our website, go to our um, services, you will see the services that we offer from one-on-ones to couple sessions to group sessions. Um, we do them all. We work with church ministries. Uh, we love doing that. Uh, we tend to bring a different dynamic to the church ministry, <laughs> the marriage ministries, and um, workshops, yeah, workshop training that we tend to host ourselves. Um, which we will be um, hosting one what June or July? Yeah, yeah. one one or two. There's um, one in June, and there's a possible one out of the country in September. Right. Assuming oh, nice. Corona wants to um, chill <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's putting a damper yeah. on some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, but that that's that's how you can get in contact with us. Okay, that'll work. And and um, for those of you who who couldn't write that down fast enough, that will be um in the notes, so you'll be able to go there and make sure that you are connecting with them, you're following them, you're reaching out to them, you're listening, you're sharing the content um, with your married friends and your friends that are couples, and you know, based on all of the good information you got today, your mm-hmm. friends that are single as well. And that are dating because these are some very valuable nuggets in this. And you will get that and much more uh, when you connect and follow with them. Listen, guys, we want to thank you. We appreciate. What were you going to say? I was say there was one more thing. He mentioned that we do Facebook lives, but we do them on Sunday at 6 p.m. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So at RRT Ministry on Facebook. Okay. Sundays at 6 p.m. Sundays at 6 p.m. So put that on your calendar so that you can be. Um, 
so that you can interact with that um, when that yeah, comes definitely. up. And I can attest that they are good. Very good. Because we have tuned in. So they are they're going to be better because you all are going to be on some of them. Oh, okay. man. We're looking forward to okay. it. We're we looking forward that. to connecting and we pre- we appreciate it. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Man, It's thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Guys. First of all, thank you for uh, for allowing me to keep you longer than I told you I was going to keep you. Hey, we, we're, we're having fun. Our fault. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, we're, we were having fun. I said it was partly our fault, too, because we were enge- so engaged in this process. Hey, oh, it was good. It was, and good. It, was good. it was great. And we we um, it was valuable and we appreciate it. Yeah. We we just pray God's blessings on you on your family, on your union, on your ministry, on your business, everything that you do, everything that you touch, um, that he will continue to use you to be that vehicle um, that you are for all of the individuals that you come in contact with. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen. We thank you for your time and we will do it again. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Have a pleasure. This has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Until next time, God bless.